0: What is up? Hello and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast right here on SB Nation. And there is a ton to get into today. One of the more disappointing losses of the Tom Brady era here in Tampa Bay. And a big trade in the Buccaneers division that will impact the game that they are playing this weekend in Carolina. As always, your quick social reminder to start the show. I am Trey Downey. You can follow me on Twitter at TDEXPERIENCE. BucksNation.com Every day for everything going on in and around the Advent Health Training Center of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Follow bucks Nation on Twitter as well as at Bucs underscore Nation. And then my co-host. He's with me every single week on this show. That's the reason it's called Downey and Martez. He is... Lynn Martez, you can follow him on Twitter at lmar 810 Lynn, what's up, man?
1: What is up? I'll tell you what's up. The fact that, yeah, the Bucs are 3-3, three and, three, and they're playing a team that's 1-5. and five, But that's not the only game that doesn't include two teams over 500. There's only one game this week that includes both teams being over 500. And that's because one of the teams is actually 3 two and one but parody is good parody is good no that's not what I said that's what the guy with the lead in this podcast said downey I, I'm Tired out of schooling you man you school. I,
0: I like parody but here here's what I'm gonna say but I was I was thinking about this this week yeah and you and you know what especially looking back at last week and that game between Buffalo and Kansas City, and how I think the AFC is going to shape out. This season kind of feels like one of those college football seasons where you almost know whoever wins the SEC championship is going to win the national championship. And that kind of feels what it is with Buffalo and Kansas City and the AFC. And then you have one upstart surprise team like the Eagles are right now in the NFC. Because, I mean, if you look at the NFC, the Bucks are what they are. And if the playoffs started today, they're still the third seed in the NFC. So that kind of tells you, tells you a lot about yeah. what we're looking at in the NFL right now. Yeah, clean it
1: up. Anyway, parody. it's good. It's a parody is a good, parody it's not, is a good thing. It's not, it's not a good – listen, I agreed with you when you said it, but not in this case. And I told you then it wasn't good, and it's not good now. It's not good now. It's not right, good. Let, now. Let's get in. Let's got get teams in. That are, you got teams that are three and three, dude. That could easily be two and four, or one and five. And, and and and, it, and, it, and it's not in, and it's not in reverse where you say, well, it could be four and two or five and one. And that's not the case this year. It's bad. Teams are teams are losing. <gasps> case in point, every time we turn around, Denver's on TV they lose losing Ugh. like like it's like it's a weekly thing. Okay, ugh, but everybody had them winning the AFC West or competing. Kansas City winning the AFC West, even potentially making a Super Bowl run because they signed a certain quarterback. You and I didn't have that. Neither, neither of us had them. I, I the did playoffs. say everybody, and I and I, I hate when people do that. I dislike. Yeah. I dislike when people do that. I did say everyone. Um, no, a lot of a lot of folks did, but that's besides the point. We got our own problems here in Tampa. All
0: right, let's talk about it. The Bucks lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kenny Pickett goes down with an injury. Mitch Trubisky comes in the game and Tampa Bay falls back down to 500 with a fairly embarrassing loss, considering as we talked about on last week's show that the Steelers were without their top three cornerbacks and one of their best safeties in Minka Fitzpatrick and to me, that's kind of, that's kind of where you have to start this. Tom Brady did not, did not look great, but to me, a lot of this has to fall on the play calling. And I will say that I think I'm, I'm not going to completely pile on to Byron Leftwich, because I will say that Byron Leftwich is completely calling the plays, but I guarantee you that that dude has complete authority to veto and go to anything else anytime he wants to. By the way, that dude,
1: I say, you don't get to say it. Oh, I'm not allowed to say that, nope. dude. Okay. Nope. So nope. Tom see, Brady, because I, see, because I do it in respect of when he's being that dude. Right now, he's not that dude. So again, I choose one to say
0: it. The offense continues to to struggle in the red zone. They are the worst rushing offense. In the entire NFL and you go into and you go into a game where this the team is not playing anybody that would start on a regular basis for them, a one in five football team that just got blew out by five touchdowns the week prior. And Mike Evans gets four targets. I The game, the game, plan- one, in,
1: one in four football team, they lost four straight you're talking about Pittsburgh they were 1, yeah, they yes, one and 4
0: 1 and 4 going into last week so i just i don't know where where do you want to start with that debacle that was last week cuz there's pl- the play calling the rushing attack luke geteky mike evans lack of targets there's a ton to go after on the even on the defense too allowing those third those couple three and long third and longs that ultimately iced the game on the final
1: drive look how long it took you to get there that's how sad it is. It yeah. took you that long to get to the defensive issues. I mean, and we can talk about the offense. And certainly there's, there's plenty to go around when, when you talk about what's, what's really lacking and struggling for the offense. You, you mentioned all the things. I don't even want to repeat them because it's just, I mean, it, it's like garbage. But what you didn't do, and you, you eventually brought it up, and rightfully so, because you got so much to mention as far as what's wrong with the offense, Mitch Trubisky came off the bench and went nine of twelve for one forty-four and threw a touchdown. The guy who, 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 before last week, lost his job to a rookie quarterback. And look, I'm not here to pile on when it comes to the Bucks concerned because they have their issues and and you're looking at them based on the talent that they would they would hopefully correct those problems. But I will say this much: I said it. <laughs> I said it <laughs> last week. And I thought that their performance defensively last game was the worst I saw since the Washington football team game a couple of years back. (laughs) They outdid themselves with their performance last week against Trubisky in the fourth quarter. There was at least four to five third and long situations that Pittsburgh converted. And if you watch the film, you watch almost like a confusion on the defense and that's the scary thing you want to know why because there's certain things that as a as a player and as a coach you can hang your hat on no matter what sport it is you can hang your hat on right? that's your specialty john Harbaugh got the job in baltimore special teams coach and you know what that special teams they got the one of the best kickers of all time he's going to go in the hall of fame right Players are known for that. Bill Belichick, won Super Bowls with the Giants, takes over other teams, brings that defense with him, and for the most part, with the exception of maybe a few games, like the one in Buffalo in the playoffs, they usually don't get blown out because he hangs his hat on what? His defense. And I brought up two of the best coaches when it comes to that concern. But the point is the fact that Todd Bowles is known for his defense in this league. That's why he got the job. That's how he got both jobs—the Jet job and also the Buccaneers job. He's known for leading a Super Bowl-winning defense. That team on Sunday looked confused, like they weren't prepared, like they didn't know what they were supposed to be doing on third and longs. Look, you allow a team to convert one, okay, two, three, four, five. Against a quarterback who was sitting the whole first half and lost his job? Come on, man. Something's wrong. Something is wrong. And because of that, I always say, players play, coaches coach. But there's enough players on that team defensively. I can't brag about the all-pro defensive players on that team like both inside linebackers. I can't brag about them. I can't brag about a lockdown corner like Carlton Davis. Or
0: a, Some bad plays this past weekend, Carl. Or,
1: or a third-year player in Antonio Winfield who looks like he's going to be an all-pro for a long time in the league, right? That's four guys already. You only play 11, okay? That's a third-year defense right there that I mentioned that are so solid that you should not have the issues that you have on this football team. And as they showed up on Sunday when the Steelers were closing out and sealing the game to me,
0: the defensive stuff was was worrying, but they shouldn't have even been in that situation like you you focused on the defense last week you focused on the defense here, but can you seriously tell me right now that you're more worried about the bucks defensive struggles than than you are what's go- what's going on on offense right now i'll
1: I'll answer that question like this okay and that is the fact that <laughs> that dude is leading you your offense. And that doesn't mean that everything is all of a sudden <laughs> clear, clean. No, I get it. I understand that. I mean, heck, he knows it because whether it was in New Orleans or whether it was on Sunday, he's flipping out on players in regards to of his offensive linemen. But here's the thing I give you this that's one. You fix one issue on your offensive line. That an offensive line might be just a little bit different. and might be playing a little bit better. You're talking about get key, right? And you ask, you ask anyone along the offensive line. You ask offensive line coaches. You ask any of them. There is no other unit in the football that has to be as cohesive as they have to be. None. So when you have one weak link, you're all weak. And unfortunately, that's how it's been at that left guard spot. And for everyone that just shrugged their shoulders and said, oh, we got Hainsley, He can play center now. Yeah, that's great. But anytime you suffer an injury, your depth is questioned. So because you have to move a left guard to center, all of a sudden you got to be a left guard that's, I said this back in gone training camp. Dudes never played. Okay. Don't forget about the injury to Aaron Stinney too. Bottom line is, I said it's them, and this is not. I told you so. It's just a matter. Of, it's just a matter of what it is. You can't shrug your shoulders at the fact that you're starting a left guard who's a rookie.
0: Do the Bucs need to go out before the trade deadline and get an offensive lineman, or with the reports coming out from Jason Cole this week that? <laughs> that uh, Brian <laughs> Jensen might be ready fairly soon in November. Can you can you afford to wait for that and put him back at center and move Hainsy to guard?
1: Look, J. Cole and I go back 20-plus years, cover the Dolphins together. Mm-hmm. J. Cole, when I did local radio here in Tampa, J. Cole was a frequent guest on the show. I know J. J. Cole very well. I <laughs> only say it like that because I'm thinking I'm thinking uh, <laughs> of some of his songs, but when it comes to this report, and look, J. Cole's got a lot of connections, and he has connections inside that building at the Averhill Training Center, okay? Although he's not local, he has his connections there. I won't get into his connections but I'll tell you he hasn't and the bottom line is this you asked Todd Bowles about it what Todd Bowles say he's limping around I don't know about I don't know about any reports but last I checked Ryan Jensen last I checked 66 he's limping around so I mean I'd like to think the guy that I that that I've known for as long as I've known him is kind of on point with this but if you were to ask me to bet which way I would bet, unlike folks who don't want to come off the fence, I'm coming off the fence here. I don't think it's I don't think it's legit. I don't think it's it's real to think that Jensen could be back. Sitting here, being on his podcast, down here Martez, Bucks Nation podcast, I want to be wrong. Because if you if if that's the case and he comes back 85, 90 percent. Because expectations, you, you gotta you gotta temper your expectations too when it comes to coming off the injury that that he's coming off of, and if it's a knee injury, it's a knee injury. You know, you want you want to be coy about what the injury is. Okay, fine. But the bottom line is the fact that you're asking him to come back. Cold. Cold. So do
0: the so do the Bucks need to go in the trade market and find a veteran offensive lineman?
1: They ain't man, hey man, this ain't this ain't Rocky and he ain't you ain't walking into the meat locker and they're hanging there and you just pick one off and carry one out. And Paulie says, Hey, <laughs> where you is, going, there
0: Rock? Something, is there something better than what Gedeky's been giving you though? Because you say if you fix that one issue, this
1: offense could look completely different, okay? But yeah, and he's rated like probably one of the worst left guards in the league. Mm-hmm. But guess what? If you're looking for one. What do you think the teams that are rated as low as you are doing? Looking for a left guard. Like I said, they're not hanging in meat locker where you just walk up and, you know, put it on your shoulder and walk out with it. Okay. It's, it's not that easy, man. They, this ain't Walmart, brother. You know, this ain't Publix or where you are, Mr. Harris Teeter. <laughs> yeah,
0: hey, I've got Publix too.
1: Okay, never stray well. from public. Yeah, well, Publix said, you know what, we got we got Florida monopolized and locked down. We're going to the Carolinas too. So God bless them. Love me some publics. Um, uh, but again, it's not like you can go walk into the store and be like, hey, uh <laughs> courtesy desk, where where your left guards at? <laughs> I need a I need a I need a quality left guard who's by about a seven or eight on a scale of one to ten. Oh yeah, ah, right, Mister Martinez, just go down to aisle six on your right hand side, bottom shelf. That's the how Bucks
0: have to at least they have to at least explore the possibility you ex- though. You right? can
1: explore it. Uh, that's fine. That's great. A better answer might be on your football team. Make the move. A better answer might be on your football team. They signed Wells back, right? Yeah. A better answer might be on your football team. And, and don't don't think that's, that was done by accident. You're looking for depth to begin with, number one. As long as the guy's healthy, you're looking for depth. That's number one. But number two is, that when we talked about filling the left guard spot, we talked about the competition. And you know what? It's about time that Gereke, Gereke got some competition. <laughs> left tackle. And who's next to the left tackle? Left guard. And what do they protect? That dude's blind side. Get it right, man. Need to get it right soon, quick. What do you make of some of Byron Leftwich's
0: comments to the media this week? The media challenged him on running the ball so much on, on first down. And he kind of he said that he's trying to do what's best for the football team, implying that that is what's best for the football team. He was also challenged about Running behind Getteki when he has one of Pittsburgh's uh, best defensive players going up against him one on one, a lot of people are attacking Byron Leftwich and in, in his play calling. And you you defended him a couple weeks ago when they had no receivers, but some of this some of this running is, especially on first downs, getting a little worse to me. And I've I feel like I say this. You and I have been do- working together and doing shows together for a very long time, and I say it at least once a season that the Bucks' offense is at their best when Mike Evans is getting his targets. And what happened last week – he caught all four of his targets last week, but just targeting him that much and some of these other offensive things right now in terms of play calling are just inexcusable in my opinion.
1: Okay, that's fine. Um, I mean, you can talk about the amount of targets any – player like Mike Evans gets any type of player that is the number one receiver on his football team I, I I can understand regards to the lack of targets when it comes to the numbers got four but look deeper into things when it comes to that all right what do you think Pittsburgh's number one focus was to do when it came to not having three of their cornerbacks and their all pro type safety, Mika Fitzpatrick. What's to take away a guy like Mike Evans? Do whatever it is. Look, you're here. And when I, when I say you're here, I mean in Mike's area, 13, chess, right on him. And then you got one over the top, the umbrella. Okay. Mike may have saw that all game. All right. Which is the reason why Tom may want to get someone else involved. That's the thing. You're not certainly not going to force it to him, but because of the lack of starters in the secondary, you know, they're going well, they're going to try to take Mike, Mike away. Now, if a team's maybe, I don't know, I won't say crazy, but a little bit willing to risk playing him one-on-one or not give, giving the corner any help, then of course, Mike would, in that situation, any number one wide receiver, would get more targets. But there's a reason why he probably didn't get them on Sunday. And that's because he got a lot of focus of their defense, especially when you're struggling to run the football the way, they, the way the Bucks have been the last, what, five games? Under 75 yards, each of the games, can't run the football. And knowing that they don't have to do anything special to stop the run. So what do you do? See, everyone thinks in terms of, well, you know, if it's a running team, you got to put an eighth man in the box. Yeah, that's right. And then it works in reverse. So so when you can't run the football, guess what everybody's doing? Stepping back. (laughs) Okay, you don't have to put that eighth man in the box. So that eighth man that you put in the box when they run it so well, guess what he's doing when you can't run it, but you're looking to pass it he's back there. <laughs> so that's the situation. And that was the situation on Sunday. They didn't have to do anything special to stop the Bucks running game because the Bucs do by themselves by the issue at left guard.
0: Now let's try and move on from what happened last week. I mean, I came on here and I said that I thought the Bucs were going to easily go past their team total. That did not happen. I didn't think that there was any way. That, I didn't think that there was any way that the Bucs would lose to the Steelers, now the Bucks are about to play a 1-5 football team that just fired their head coach, just traded away one of their top three wide receivers in Robbie Anderson, and just traded away their best offensive weapon when healthy, Christian McCaffrey. I said last week I didn't think there's any way the Bucks could lose that game. I want to say it this week, but I can't bring myself to. But before we get into if there's any way the Bucks could lose on Sunday at Bank of America Stadium, I want to digest the all of the news and all of the happenings that have gone on with the Carolina Panthers the past couple weeks, Lynn. They fire Matt Rule, which seemed absolutely inevitable. With everything that's been going on with Robbie Anderson, that's not that surprising either.
1: It was but the inev- cri- it was the inevitable, but who thought they were going to make the playoffs this year?
0: Yes, two years in a row. Okay. I picked Carolina so, to go to the so, playoffs. So don't, don't,
1: don't throw that out there like that. Okay, I'm saying, you,
0: once it got to a certain point, it okay. seemed inevitable. Yeah,
1: once they got off to a bad start, it was the, the inevitable. Yet, yet one of us thought they were going to make the playoffs two years in a row. Yes.
0: Don't act and like
1: f- don't act like you were Mister Mister Matt Wool can't coach.
0: I, I mean, I said when I talked about them making the playoffs, I said my biggest worry was the coaching.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you thought they tr- make the playoffs the last two years?
0: I tried to hedge, didn't work. Of course, I was yeah. wrong. Now, yeah. rules probably going to be uh, coaching in the Pac-12 at Colorado or Arizona State next year. But let's go on to Not Dion. Got anything to say about it? <laughs> Dion's, go, Dion's going to Auburn.
1: Okay, th- th- um, th- th- thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Mr. <laughs> thank you, Mr. Chris Fowler. For jo- or
0: Georgia Tech.
1: Thank Dion in Atlanta Fowler. plays okay. very well. Yeah, right.
0: um, let's, let's talk about Christian McCaffrey, who this has been rumored for a while, and then all of a sudden it really heats up this week, and apparently it comes down to two teams, the Los Angeles Rams and the San Francisco 49ers, the two teams that faced off in the NFC Championship last year he ends up going to the 49ers for a second a third and a fourth round draft pick in 2023 and an additional fifth round draft pick in 2024 Lynn how surprised are you that beyond just firing rule that it almost seems like a fire sale in Carolina and then how much of an impact does McCaffrey make on a 49ers team who just lost to the Atlanta Falcons, which brought the Bucks back into a tie in the NFC South.
1: Uh, second question first, and that is in regards to what McCaffrey's gonna do in San Francisco. If he stays healthy, it's the bottom line. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. And as good as a player that he is, I mean, you're talking about a guy that put, could potentially have over a thousand yards in, in, in each category as far as rushing, rushing and receiving is concerned, could catch over 90 to 100 balls. I mean, he's he's that dynamic, he's been that dynamic in previous years his biggest issue obviously is staying healthy it's not even his biggest issue hasn't even been his bad team it's been him staying healthy because they're a 500 above team when he was healthy so when it comes to the Niners acquiring him as far as accumulating talent it's great but for one he's got to stay healthy and I'm not coming off the mountain with that but the next thing is is it really for me isn't a weakness when it comes to the 49ers are concerned because it doesn't matter who runs for them. It's about the scheme more than anything else. They've shown me that whether it was Elijah Mitchell or whether it was Wilson, those guys, those guys run behind him. most did is, is, is in Miami now. He ran behind that offensive line. Okay. I just named three guys, none of those three guys are as talented as McCaffrey, but guess what they would do? do the same thing that McCaffrey would do behind the 49ers. I mean, there's only so much that he's going to be able to do, even as dynamic as he, as he is. Uh, to me, it wasn't a weakness for him. God bless him. You, you accumulate talent. I hope it works out for him because they gave up a 2-3 and a 4 for him. But as far as the Panthers are concerned, and your first question when it comes to the, them, look, as much as I joke around about the league and the parity in the league, and the bad quarterback playing ultimately in the end best best quarterbacks are going to be the reason why teams win the best quarterbacks and and don't get me wrong i i understand when me saying that (laughs) you know you know bailey zeppi's winning football games and daniel jones is four and one i get it i understand i i get it i understand five and one five and one my apologies i'm thinking zach wilson who's four and two But the the point is, in the end, in the end, come playoffs, when the competition gets better and you're not beating up bad teams and you got to make a playoff run, the best quarterbacks are going to be there. So my expectations is that dude's going to be there. Aaron Rodgers is going to get it right. Even potentially Matthew Stafford will get things right if he's healthy in Los Angeles. Not the biggest fan of his, but... In the end, he's still one of the better ones in the the NFC. I don't know if Denver's going to get their act together because they got bigger issues than just that quarterback. But my point is the fact that Carolina doesn't have their quarterback. They've been looking for their quarterback since Cam in 2015, his MVP season. All right, They've been looking for a quarterback since then. They've been looking for a quarterback since Cam was here and had the hurt shoulder here and threw three interceptions to Andrew Adams. All right? against the Bucs here at Ray J. They've been looking for a quarterback that long ago. So when it comes to Carolina having a fire sale, why not? Because you don't have your quarterback. You don't have anything in place that says, okay, um, we're going to be competitive this year. Defense is okay. You might have your future left tackle. You might have a few pieces on the offensive line. But that's all you got, dude. That's all you have.
0: That's Anybody, it. Do they trade DJ Moore too before the deadline?
1: There was talk of actually trading them before McCaffrey, but
0: yeah. since they've traded
1: McCaffrey now, I don't know if they're going to totally, totally, um, you know, fire sale that football team and, and, and get rid of everything.
0: I think he, I think the thing with Carolina that's surprising to me with them trading away so much is – that you still want it to be an attractive head coaching job. And those weapons are solid on offense if you can bring if you can bring in, if you can get your quarterback. But at the same time, there there's speculation out there that David Tepper wants Sean Payton. Is Sean Payton gonna come in yeah. and, and take that job? Yeah. Yeah. You wanna know think why? Sean Payton comes out. Comes out of retirement for that, yeah. as opposed to maybe a team like Dallas, who seems a lot more Super Bowl ready. I okay. think that's fine. They could be Super Bowl ready,
1: but you, but you, two things. It's, and Dallas is a perfect example, dude. Sean Payton and Bill Parcells told you himself. <laughs> okay, they want me to cook the meal, but they won't let me buy the groceries. Sean Payton wants to buy the groceries, dude new carolina is a perfect place for him to go to because if he doesn't want to go to a super bowl ready team he can go to an owner and a football team that is bare naked and he can build it and create it any way he wants and that man could give him 10 million dollars 12 million dollars whatever he wants it's the reason why you think you think you think he wants to coach for that much longer whether listen he gets to build his football team whether he does whether he coaches for a little while and hands it off to someone else so be it the bottom line is coaches like him want full control he ain't going to dallas dude he goes to, he, if he goes to dallas again get something crow get crow cook it and I'll eat
0: it cuz he no one I almost feel the I almost feel the same way about the Carolina situation. Okay,
1: that's fine. I'll get you some crow when he takes it. But I'll tell you this much he ain't going to Dallas, dude. No. Come on, man. Are you kidding me? Jerry's notorious for, for meddling into things. You think a big uh, a, a Super Bowl winning big ego, and not to say big ego in a negative way, I mean a big ego ego from the standpoint of wanting full control to pick and choose who he has on his football team, to pick and choose who he hires. Why do you think Mike McCarthy got the job in Dallas? Why do you think uh, Dave Campbell lasted as long as he did and Jason Garrett lasted as long as they did? And Bill Parcells didn't because Jerry Meadows, dude. And granted, he's the owner, he can do that. But no, dude, Sean Payton don't want anything to do with that. And again, like I said, you can barbecue it, smoke it, you can cook it any way you want. If Sean Payton takes that Dallas job, I'll eat that crow. Is there any
0: way? Like, do you see any scenario where the Bucks don't beat Carolina on Sunday with PJ Walker at quarterback? No McCaffrey. They still have DJ Moore, but I mean, that's really the only thing you have to focus on if you're the Bucks and the and the offense or in the defense on the Carolina offense, stopping with your defense.
1: Seven days ago, I would have, I would have uh, thought I'd be crazy to, to think in terms of Pittsburgh beating beating the Bucks. Yeah. But here's the difference, okay? And I even said it back seven days ago when you had a rookie quarterback who hadn't let his t- hadn't let his team to a touchdown yet, to a touchdown drive. And I'm talking about Kenny Pickett. So that's the thing that we have not discussed too: was the fact that the Steelers won that football game with their backup, so-called backup quarterback, in Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky. But what would have happened if Pickett didn't get hurt? Maybe the Bucks win that football game, because as it is, like I said, it wasn't like Pickett's been lighting it up. But as far as Carolina's concerned, you talk about taking on a football team that scored 10 points last week on the road. Seven of those? It's a pick six, dude. Come on, man. I mean, you're going to lose to this football team that as you mentioned, made the moves they made. In addition to that, can't score points? You can't beat them. We come on here next week and net three and four. What would the what what would the possible ramifications
0: be if they were to lose to Carolina? Like is it, is it a like could Byron Leftwich be fired? Like is that even in the
1: realm of possibility? It'll be it'll be what people will want. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying right or wrong, but it'll be what people will want. Because you're not, you're not firing bowls after seven games. That's number one. Yeah. But it'll be, it'll be what people will want. They will want they're going to want someone's quote-unquote head, you know, on a chopping block. And, you know, the, the question is, well, yeah, they won a the Super Bowl, but that was Bruce's offense. That's what you're hearing now. Mm-hmm. You know, Bruce ran the offense. Mind you, what did we hear when Bruce was running the offense and Tom was here? When that dude was here, about how they would pick the the offensive game plan, meaning they, meaning that dude and Byron, and Bruce reportedly, allegedly, red marked everything. Okay. Supposedly he did that. Yeah. So if that's the case, if you want to believe that story, then. As you mentioned earlier, right? That dude and Byron are hand in hand picking up picking the offense. Game plan.
0: What's the problem? You mentioned it earlier that there's not a ton of marquee games this weekend in the NFL. I think Don't Colts, ask. Colts and Titans for first place in the AFC South is probably the marquee game. But here's what I'm gonna ask you instead of the game. You mentioned it offhand and talking about two of the biggest surprise teams in the nfl and the fact that daniel jones and the new york giants are five and one and zach wilson even though he did not start the first couple games joe flacco did in new york are four and two which teams i don't know if i want to phrase it as more for real or less fraudulent between the jets <laughs> and the
1: giants i don't know that, i don't know i don't know that. It really, it really matters because at the end of the year, they might, they may not finish up no more than if they're lucky 10 and seven on the high, on the high 10 and seven, which one do you think is more likely to make the playoffs? I'm
0: going to, I'm going to say the, the making well, a deep run, which one's more likely to make the playoffs.
1: I and mean, neither one of them is making a run. That's number one. But as far as the likelihood of making the playoffs, here's the thing. It's not just about them. It's about their conferences too. Right. So the NFC's trash. Well, it, it might be, but if you look at the AFC East, you know, three weeks ago before you know Tua got hurt and got brought back into a game in a Buffalo game and then brought back that Thursday night game in Cincinnati before that happened. You know, they beat Buffalo and everybody's like, whoa, hey, you, best team in the league, best team in the AFC. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, since then they've lost three straight, right? And it looked it haven't looked good at all. I'm talking about the Miami Dolphins. And ironically, we're coming back might
0: change that. That's
1: fine. And ironically, I'm getting ready to say that. Ironically, they miss him. They miss their starting quarterback. They miss that continuity. They miss that. But that being said, they're still three and three. And they lost to the Jets. And whether it's, whether it's New England, whether it's Miami, those two teams are doing it with mirrors to be second in the AFC. Or third in the AFC, with the Jets being second in the in the in the AFC East. So, I mean, if you look how bad the division is, the Jets could finish in second place. I'm not saying they will, because I expect Miami to get their act right, and I don't expect New England to continue to win with Bradley Zeppey, a Bailey Zeppey, quarterback. Uh, but I mean, if you look at the you look at the AFC East, you talk about the NFC, NFC being trashed. What's that? What's the AFC West about? One team and one team only, dude. Okay. They, I mean, I still think the chargers are
0: more likely to make the whatever. chargers are going to take a wild card spot. Yeah. Okay. So what? I think I trust, I think I trust Cincinnati more than I trust the Jets. I think the Jets have a better roster right now. I'll say that because you've already got what looks like an all pro cornerback in sauce Gardner. And then Quinn and Williams, the defensive lineman is starting to look like a world beater type
1: are oh, we saying they look better line. than who we say the look-
0: giants i'm comparing okay. them that's fine the they, may, they may
1: be more talent they may have they may have uh more talent than the giants have in in, in most key situations i mean look honestly when it comes to the quarterbacks are concerned daniel jones zach wilson neither one of them's like had multiple games where you say oh that that guy's ready come on
0: I'm with you. It's definitely going to be an interesting thing to watch five, six weeks from now and see who is still in a playoff position. We'll be back every week, including five, six weeks from now. We'll see if the Bucs can get back on the right track against the Carolina Panthers. He's Len Martez. Follow him on Twitter at Elmar810. Follow me at TD Experience and check out Bucks Nation on a daily basis. This has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast.